Does your life demonstrate the obedience of faith? Welcome to this week's episode of the His Hill Podcast. My name is Kelly Darty, and I'm your host. You know, the Lord expects obedience from His people, and it should be the natural outcome of being a Christian. Luke 6, 46, we read that Christ says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? The Lord's not asking anything of us that is not true of Him. In Philippians 2, verse 8, we find that Jesus was obedient unto death, even death on a cross. As Christians, we know this to be true, yet we all have those times when this is just a real battle for us. So what would the Lord have us know in this struggle of obeying Him? His Hill field rep, Kevin Martin, addresses this topic in the episode this week. So let's join him now. God's work through one unqualified man's obedience, Joshua. And that will be a big lesson that God's work requires obedience, the obedience of faith. We're reminded in, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, that without faith, it is impossible to please him or God. And without faith, there is no obedience. I want to read you guys a, a quote that I, that I heard recently by D.L. Moody, and it says that faith has no desire to have its own will when that will is not in accordance with the mind of God. Faith has no desire to have its own will when that will is not in accordance with the mind of God. And so my question for myself when thinking about this and for you guys is, does your life demonstrate the obedience of faith? And today I just want to look really quickly at a life that demonstrates the obedience of faith, and that's the life of Joshua. So if you have Bibles uh, and you're able to, open to Exodus chapter 17, and I'll read verses 8 through 13. So here we are in Exodus 17, verse 8. says, Then Amalek came and fought against Israel at Rephidim. So Moses said to Joshua, Choose men for us and go out, and fight against Amalek. Tomorrow I will station myself on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. Joshua did as Moses told him and fought against Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. So it came about when Moses held his hand up that Israel prevailed. And when he let his hand down, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy. Then they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it, and Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other. Thus his hands were steady until the sun set. So Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And so kind of jumping into this, one thing real quick is that Scripture doesn't give us Joshua's history. It doesn't just jump in like with Moses and kind of give us his whole background. He just kind of arrives on the scene. And, and later on in chapter 33 of Exodus, we find out that he is the son of Nun. He's a young man, and he's also the servant of Moses. And I think one application that we can even take from that is that uh, we have to learn to serve before we can step into leadership. 
Moses before him had to learn this by tending sheep in the desert. Uh, the same Moses that, that grew up as royalty, right? He grew up in the palace. He grew up in uh, with, with all the education. He grew up with probably all the money he needed. Anything that he needed, he had uh, as the world is concerned. And yet God said, before I can let you lead this people, I'm going to send you to a desert for 40 years and you're going to tend sheep. You're going to learn how to serve these helpless, dumb sheep. And I think that that's something that we need to take in, that I need to take in, that we need to learn to serve before we can step in to leadership. In Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, we read, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. And Jesus, the Son of God, has given us this example coming here and giving his life for you and me. And I think that that is one of the most important qualities that, of, of a leader, and that's serving others. I mean, holding the door open for the ladies or letting them go first. And ladies, that might mean being hospitable or being kind. And the big thing is that you never know what your service to the Lord will have on someone else. I heard recently a story from an alumni that was here a few years back, and he was telling me he got here and he was excited to study God's Word, and he was was pumped to be here at Bible school, but there was one problem with Bible school, with his hill, and that was there were duties, and he did not like the duties. He told me, Kevin, I, I came to the school with this attitude, this miserable attitude of, I'm here to study the Bible not to clean toilets or to wash plates. And he said, it, it made my life miserable. And, and I just, and I did the duties, but I did them begrudgingly, right? And, and it wasn't until, I don't know, a little bit into the semester that, that God transformed his attitude. And he transformed it through the service of another. And that service was a simple task of washing dish, dishes. And, and lo and behold, the person washing the dishes was a director of the Bible school. And he told me, he said, seeing the director of the Bible school go into the kitchen, roll his sleeves up, get his hands dirty, and wash dishes completely changed his attitude towards everything. He thought, wow, if the director of a Bible school can do this, then I can too. I can humble myself and do my duties without complaining. And so my, my challenge to you guys out there uh, and to myself is, how can I better serve those around me? How can I better serve those around me, my neighbor? So whoever uh, happens to be with you at work or your family or your friends, how can I better serve them? How can I look to the Lord and see others' needs and do it without grumbling and complaining? And so that's kind of where we are at with, with Joshua. The background that, that we have just before this, this chapter is that Israel has just been delivered uh, from Egypt, one of the most powerful nations on earth. And uh, just a reminder, uh, God, God did that. It wasn't Israel. It wasn't, it wasn't Moses. It was God through Moses. And I want to ask y'all, do you remember how, what, he, what he said to them through Moses when he was delivering them from the Egyptian army? And he said these words through Moses. He said, stand by and watch the salvation of the Lord, 
and the Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. I think how many times would we experience victory instead of failure if we would simply stand by and watch and keep silent while the Lord fights for us. But it's not in our nature. It's not in my nature. I'm sure it's not in the nature of many of you to, to simply stand by and watch, right? We, we crave credit. We crave recognition. We, we want to do things. Uh, and, and what if instead of coveting recognition that we simply long for God's glory? And what if instead of always having the last word, we just kept silent? How many mistakes could be avoided? God's instructions, though, didn't end with him saying, keep silent. He then proceeds to tell them, go forward. And y'all, I think that's a great lesson for the Christian life, that the Christian life is not stagnant, but it is a life lived by faith, where sometimes we must take the next step and by faith, go forward. And Joshua would have been present during this exodus. He would have been there and he would have seen all of this. He would have seen God's works. He would have seen the God that he worshiped. And I believe that he would have learned that the battle is the Lord's, right? He just saw this whole army get wiped out. And it was simply by Moses acting by faith in obedience to the Lord's commands. And y'all, my, my encouragement for you through this too is just whatever battle you face today, if you belong to Jesus, then it is his fight. And you can watch and be quiet as you rest in his victory. Not a victory produced from your own strength, your own efforts, but his victory that's already been won. And y'all, I've come to, to I, I think, learn through this lesson that victory is not something that we achieve, but it's something we realize. And we realize it through obedience. And Joshua, I believe, has, has realized the Lord's victory simply through obedience here, as, as Moses did before. But we have a problem. Joshua here, as, as we've mentioned, is Moses' servant. And we are given no evidence that Joshua had any battle experience prior to this. And Moses has just asked him, his first big job as his servant is to take men and go into battle. Right? So no evidence that he's had any battle experience. We do have Moses, who did have military experience, but we discovered earlier on that uh, how well he did with that, right? He couldn't even take out one Egyptian taskmaster. And so here we have Joshua, Moses' servant. And I think one word describes this, and that he was unqualified. He wasn't qualified to lead these men. He wasn't qualified to go out into battle, um, but that's okay. And I've, and I've heard it said that the reason you're in your position is because God couldn't find anyone less qualified. But that's okay. 2 Corinthians 3.5 says this. It says, Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything is coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God. And chapter 12, verse 9 says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. Guys, if you've been given a task that you are unqualified unquali for, good. I, I know it, it hurts. I know sometimes it's intimidating uh, and, and we get scared about these things. Uh, I've been there. 
um, as a husband, as a, as a father, um, definitely unqualified. But God is the one who qualifies the weak and inexperienced. That's my, my life story. Uh, I was born premature, two pounds, nothing. Uh, I, I haven't gained much weight since then, but unqualified, right? And weak. But God qualifies the weak and inexperienced. And so Moses has told Joshua to go and fight. And he said, I'll be up on top of the hill. And, and one observation I made was that we don't read Joshua complaining. He doesn't say, but, but, but Moses, <laughs> you don't know who you got here, right? He doesn't complain. He doesn't question Moses. It simply says that Joshua did as Moses told him and fought against Amalek. On that is the obedience of faith. Joshua, an unqualified man, is trusting that God Almighty will win this battle. That he will do it through him. Someone who has no qualifications, no reason to be here, other than God Almighty will win this battle through him. And I believe that that's God's job for Joshua and Moses at this time, was to simply live by faith and trust him. Moses, you got a servant. I want him to fight Amalek. Okay, I'll send him to transform the world. You got to have faith. If you want to overcome sin, you got to have faith. Not in something, but someone. Jesus Christ. And he is always available to us. 24-7 for us to come to him with any need, little or small, uh, little or, or big, that we can simply come to him. And so Joshua has been sent to fight Amalek, and Moses is up on the mountain with uh, Aaron and Hur. And in verse 10, we read that Joshua did as Moses told him and fought against Amalek. And Moses and Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And it came about when Moses held his hands up that Israel prevailed. And when he let his hand down, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy, so they took a stone and put it under him. And when he sat, and he sat on it, and Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other. Thus his hands were steady until the sun set. So Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. As many people have looked at this and, and said that the, the raised hands here simply represent Moses trusting God in prayer. See, Moses, he didn't have a multitude of, of soldiers. He simply had a multitude of people. And not just people, but a multitude of complainers, right? They were complainers. Ever since they got delivered from Egypt, all they've really done is go from one place to the other and complain. They get out of Egypt. They say, we don't have water. And then they go a little bit further and they said, we would have been better off if we had died in Egypt. Moses, why didn't you just leave us there? It's a, it's a miracle that the Israelites have made it this far in their journey. And the only way that this group of complainers could hope to win this battle was by God's strength. And so Moses here, he's raising his hands up to the Lord. And I think he's just looking to God for victory, for strength, uh, to lead Joshua in this battle. And Amalek has, has attacked. And, and later on in Deuteronomy, we read that Amalek attacked the weakest spot, the rear. Where, where the stragglers were, were sick and the elderly were. Um, and that's their point of attack. We'll get the weak. We'll begin there. But Moses goes up on the hill 
or on the mountain and raises his hands to the Lord. And it says, when he raised his hands, Israel prevailed. And that's a miracle. Now, there's nothing, um, I want to be careful how I say this, but magical about it, but he is simply going to the Lord and, and putting his hands, and it is a representation of him saying, Lord, I can't do this. We can't do this. We need you. And at some point, he, he needed help. His hands got tired, and, and he had to rest them. So Aaron and her kept them raised until the sun set. And it would be really easy to overlook this part, the role that Aaron and, and her fulfilled. Moses, by faith, has looked to God in prayer. Joshua, by faith, went to battle. And Aaron and her, by faith, support Moses. And one of the things I took from this is, is not to underestimate or overestimate your role of support in the body of Christ. Well, some people, God's going to call to the trenches. He's going to call for people to endure the, the blood, the sweat, the terror of battling an enemy. But he's going to call others to pray. He's going to call others to watch the luggage. He's going to call others to come alongside and support them. So don't ever underestimate or overestimate your role of support in the body of Christ. And it ends with this verse. It said, Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. God's work through the believer requires the obedience of faith. Give your battles to the Lord. Give your battles to the Lord and watch as you act on the truth of who God is and receive by faith the victory of the Lord that we have in Christ Jesus. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the His Hill Podcast, featuring our host, Kelly Doherty, and our assistant camp director, Kevin Martin. We will be heading out on our school service project this Sunday and will be serving in Nacogdoches, Texas, alongside an organization called Mission NAC, which focuses on fixing up nominated homes in the community whose homeowners are unable to maintain the property themselves. This is our fourth year partnering with Mission NAC, and we are excited for the week ahead, serving with them and getting to know each other better along the way. Thank you again for tuning in with us this week to another episode of the His Hill Podcast. Remember to keep your eyes fixed on Christ. I'm Lizzie, and we'll see you next week.